The Southwest WA Drought Resilience Adoption and Innovation Hub acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast has been recorded, the Wajuk people of the Noongar Nation. It pays its respects to the elders past and present and extends that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people on the lands which the Southwest Drought Hub operates. Hello, I'm Julianne Hill, Hub Adoption Manager. This podcast series on dry season responses is brought to you by the Southwest WA Drought Hub and funded through Future Drought Fund. In this series, we'll hear from growers and industry experts on managing dry season responses, ranging from early planning to tactical decision making as the season changes throughout the year and setting up for your following season. There's very limited amounts of summer rain throughout the bulk of the area. And if you were under that good amount of late March rain, there was good early planting opportunities. And if you were outside of that, those opportunities weren't there and a proper breaking winter rainfall pattern didn't really start until you know a couple of months later. Welcome back to the Dry Season Responses podcast. For those tuning in for the first time, I'm your host, Shannon Beattie, and this limited series has been brought to you by the Southwest WA Drought Hub. In this episode, we're going to be taking a bit of a deep dive into the region that's been most affected by the drier conditions in 2023, which is the Northern Agricultural Area. We're going to be taking a bit of a look at some of the lessons learned from that region throughout the course of the year, such as variety choice and time of sowing, hopefully help support growers in their management in 2024. Uh, To help me with all of that, I'm joined by Crop Circle Consulting owner, Grant Thompson. Welcome to the podcast, Grant. Yeah, thanks, Shani. Good to be here. Now, you and I uh, go back a few years. You're actually one of the first people I ever interviewed uh, when I was in ag, if you could believe it. Uh, But tell me and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Sure. I've grown up in the Northern Ag region as a farmer's son and and uh, been an agronomist and agronomy consultant and of later years a agricultural research company owner. Been up there working for uh, around about twenty seven years as a in a in a professional capacity as an agronomist and working with growers throughout most of that Northern Ag region. So it's safe to say you know the Northern Agra region pretty well, I'm going to say. Let's talk about the region in 2023. What were the conditions like this year and do you have any figures that put it into perspective? Sure. Well, we're in a one of the lowest decile rainfall seasons we've we've seen in a, a very long time. You know, most of the regions are decile one rainfall region. The season was defined really by a strip of summer rain that went through in late March and that really got some growers up and away with early sown crops and a lot of the region didn't receive that rain too so there was very limited amounts of summer rain throughout the bulk of the the area and if you were under that good amount of late March rain there was good early planting opportunities and if you are outside of that, those opportunities weren't there and, and a, a proper breaking winter rainfall pattern didn't really start until, you know, a couple of months later. So, yeah, it's a tale of two stories of, of uh, planting opportunities, really. 
And you mentioned that some areas received that rain, some areas didn't. Do we have a bit of an idea of what areas in the northern agricultural region got this rain, what areas didn't, or is it just really random? No, there's the strip of rain that went through in the end of March uh, uh, kind of went through northwest Yuna, down through Tanindua, or through Yuna, Tanindua, down towards Wangundi, and then it at sort of kept on heading out in a sort of southeasterly direction. So, yeah, if you were in that strip, there's some what I'd call close to average crops or even average yielding crops, but you only had to go five, ten kilometres either side of that strip and they were you know, well below average crops and definitely suffered a significant heat and drought stress this year. Can we expand on that a little bit more? With this, just the way the season played out, what sort of challenges have growers faced throughout the year? Well, without a doubt, the biggest one was maintaining good crop health purely due to environmental stress. There was also some difficulty uh, incorporating nitrogen, particularly with urea. Rainfall events were a little bit staggered and infrequent and not of a high volume of rain, so incorporating nitrogen was was a bit of an issue. But I'd have to say the overriding factor, Shannon, was just heat stress. We had some very hot days in August, um, unseasonably hot, you know, like 35-degree days in August uh, don't help any crop at all. And, uh, of course, we had uh, a very warm and dry finish to the season as well, so... And that all Im- impacted on grain yield and, and also uh, grain quality. Yeah, getting up into the high 30s in August when it should still be cooler, you know, we're still in winter at that point. It's just not ideal conditions in the slightest. It was obviously a tough year, but there's always some important takeaways that we can learn from a year like this. I want to start with crop type and variety. Is there a particular crop or, or any certain varieties that held better under these dry conditions? Yeah, look, I think there's two facets to that question. What we noticed from previous dry seasons is that if there's opportunities to plant early, then they always seem to be the high probability of success. For example, those growers that did receive that summer rain, they were able to plant their crops in April. And particularly if they had the right maturing variety to plant in that window, then they could get those crops established up and away on some summer moisture. They received what little winter rainfall there was to receive. But because they had that early planting opportunity, they they got their crops through to maturity before the majority of the heat stress occurred at the end of the season. So there's a time of sowing part to that story. And then, of course, the varietal part, varietal choices is really important in a dry season because you want something that's going to mature fairly quickly before the heat stress arrives at the end. But you don't want to have a variety that matures so quickly that you can't plant it early because you don't want varieties running up or coming into reproduction mode too quickly and missing out on a potential extra bit of yield at the end if you do have a good finish to the season. So varietal choice is something that I really emphasise with my growers. You know, for all crop types, we need a range of maturities to be able to plant canola early, mid or late break, 
And the same with cereals, which we all are usually pretty good at, a long, a medium and a quick variety or several of each, depending on the scenario, so that you can take advantage of the different types of seasons with the right, with the right genetics. So variety is the spice of life and uh, people should definitely be keeping that in mind when picking their varieties and making sure that they've got a few options up their sleeves. When it comes to time of sowing, can you explain to me just how much of an impact that had on crop establishment over the course of the year? Yeah, sure. So yeah, going back to that early opportunity of planting when, when we had some good summer moisture to play with, I'll use wheat as an example growers that had a long season variety that they could chase moisture with and having a long coleoptile variety helps that even more. Being able to bulk the cedar in a few extra centimetres and get crops up and away and established evenly early has a huge advantage over planting later or getting the crop emerged later because you can't get down onto that moisture. So for example, this year, we had growers establishing long season wheat varieties in the middle of April. Some of those crops were yielding 1.8 to 2 tonne to the hectare. Some of the paddocks not too far away that weren't established on that summer moisture early, they didn't get out of the ground until early June and they were uh, sub one tonne yield. So, you know, it can make a huge difference a tonne to the hectare just, just by that early planting opportunity. Okay, so we've touched on time of sowing, we've touched on variety choice. Are there any other key learnings from this season that we should be taking from 2023? We've touched on wheat variety choice, but I think canola variety choice is a big one too. I know canola seed is extremely expensive and no grower wants to have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of canola seed sitting in their shed carrying over from one season to the next. But the opportunity cost of having a short season canola variety that you plant too early in a good season can be half a tonne to a tonne to the hectare. Conversely, if you have a long season variety in the shed and you plant that at the end of May because that's all you've got, also can have a huge yield penalty. So I think canola variety choice is extremely uh, important as well. And we've seen in our R&D trials this year that we've had a, a complete inverse of what we achieved last year in a really good season. Last year, the long season varieties were the highest earning varieties by a significant margin over the, the quicks. And this year, the quicks you know, significantly out-yielded the long season varieties and, and a lot more profitable. So when we're talking about seasonal variability, you've got to have a variable management pattern or variable management strategy to go with the season that Mother Nature throws at you. Definitely. So what I'm really hearing is that having options is a, the most important thing to be able to be prepared for, for a season like this or be prepared for any season really. This year, obviously, crops that were sown early were the ones that, that did the best for, for the most part. Based on that, Preparation is key because getting a crop in early means being prepared. What are your tips for growers heading into 2024 to make sure they're ready if, if that situation arises? Yeah, sure. Um, well, it's the same thing. It's just focusing on the basics really, Shannon. It's having a range of maturities so that you can adapt 
to to whatever time of sowing comes at you. It's about having your paddocks prepared. So if there is a bit of summer rain, uh, having all the summer weeds out of the way and preserving the moisture, you know, and having your paddock rotation and your plan and your herbicide strategy all well and truly ready to go, so that when it's pull the trigger day, it's it's all it's all prepared and ready to go. However, if if your plan A doesn't come to fruition, then you need to have a plan B or a plan C. And it's really the the growers that are successful in the variable seasons as are the ones that can uh, readily adapt to the changing climate. Expand on that a little bit for me, Ground. How important is it that people can change the plan at the drop of a hat? Yeah. Oh, oh, one example would be when the season really does turn on, having the ability to quickly adapt to a uh, a higher yielding season by throwing more inputs at your crops, like uh, higher nitrogen rates, maybe implementing a, an extra fungicide spray. Yeah, just chasing the extra yield potential when the water is there and when the water's available. And conversely, when the season turns a bit ugly, having the ability to reel in the spending, trim up the inputs and, you know, strategically apply inputs, but at a, a more moderate level in proportion to the plan available water, they're really the main things. And, and like I said before, switching maturities of varieties if it's required. All very useful tips there for everyone. We did have another drought year or some dry years a few years ago now, 15 years ago, 06 and 07, I want to go back to. Are there any comparisons that we can draw between 2023, 06 and 07? And mainly just are there any similarities that might be able to help us in preparing for next season? Yeah, sure. We did see in 06 in particular, I think, where some growers stored summer moisture and then we had an extremely late break. I think the break back in 06 was middle of June almost. So what we took notice of in that season was that where growers were dry seeding and they actually hit pockets of moisture and got crops up and away, even though it was a drought year, where the crops did establish early, they yielded quite respectably. So that was one lesson we took into this season was that if we could get crops established early on that summer moisture, we went for it rather than sitting back waiting and planting shallow and hoping for a a proper breaking rain, which didn't come until fairly late, we were able to get crops up and away and established and getting them developing. And then they took full advantage of the winter rains when they came. So yeah, just not not being afraid to get in and and get a crop established on summer moisture rather than waiting for, for winter opportunities, I think was a big lesson. And I think the rebound, Shannon, is a big one too. We had two successive drought years in 06 and 07, but 2008 was a, an excellent year. It was a big rebound year for the region. So it's, I think it's a lot about mindset. Growers are very good at looking back retrospectively 12 months, and we can sometimes base our future plan on what happened last year, whereas uh, I think we all need to remain really optimistic and you never know what kind of season you're going to get. And the, the biggest failed opportunity is not pushing hard enough or being proactive or positive enough in a good season uh, straight after a bad one. So you've always got to keep in mind the positives and the opportunities and, and be proactive 
and and chase a good season when it comes and and not be too conservative at the start of the year just because you've come off a a poor season you know the the ability to rebound uh, is is what I'm getting at it's the uh, name of farming really isn't it that uh, no season is like the one before so as much as we can learn from the year that was we can't let it bog us down and restrict us in following years yeah think definitely keep your head up is some really good advice and, and be proactive in making those decisions. Are there any other comments, any other additions that you would like to make, Grant, anything that I haven't asked you yet that you'd like to include? Well, I guess the, the real take-home message is, you know, when we're dealing with seasonal variability, you just have to have the ability to vary your management strategy and, and adapt to change quickly and be fluid you know, the uh, your management strategies has to have some flow to it. It can't be uh, rigid and set. The growers that have that uh, ability to change rapidly with the the changing variables that the season throws at you, they're they're the growers that succeed. Brilliant! Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Grant. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you again to Grant for joining us on this episode of the Dry Season Responses podcast series. That does bring us to the end of another episode and we are officially halfway through this limited series now. As always, if you are after any more information, the Southwest WA Hub newsletter is the best place to go. In there, there'll be a bunch of information to support growers preparing for and responding to dry seasons. It's just the best spot to stay up to date with issues relating to the hub, drought, the future drought fund, whatever else it is you might be interested in. You can subscribe to that one via the website at hub.gga.org.au under Hub News. I'm Shanna Beatty and I look forward to joining you next time. You've just been listening to the Southwest WA Hub's limited dry season podcast series. For further support for decision making through this dry season, the Drought Hub website features a collection of resources for the livestock, grains and horticultural industries. You can find these resources under the resources tab on the Hub website at hub.org.au. This episode has been brought to you by the Southwest WA Drought Hub, funded by the Future Drought Fund. If you or someone you know is in crisis, contact Lifeline on 13 11 14.